From the Far East to the Great West, the podcast that celebrates the red-headed stepchild of the Kung Fu genre, Bruce Broitation. Welcome to the Clones Cast. Here are your hosts, Michael and Matthew. Welcome to the Clones Cast. Tonight we're talking about the 1976 Ing Si Yoon semi-bio, Bruce Lee, the man, the myth. Only one man in the world could play the part. Bruce Lai, starring in Bruce Lee, The Man, The Myth. Bruce Lai was his friend in life. Bruce Lai was his understudy in the movies. Bruce Lai was his student in the martial arts. Every move, every kick and hit reminds you of his master. Based on the life and times of the most incredible human fighting machine the world has ever known. Bruce Lee, The Man, The Myth. Bruce Lai, taking on all comers in all martial arts, in all corners of the world. A sixth degree black belt in Kung Fu, a master in three forms of Wing Chun, a master in Taekwondo. No wonder he fights like his master. Michael, this was a really cool choice. Um, what, a, what a fascinating film. It was fantastic. It really was. It was like, it's a lot of, um, what did they call that? Wish fulfillment, right? Like, <laughs> it's, it's rough for me because, and it's rough for anyone today, because we know what really happened in Bruce Lee's life. But watching it and, like, wanting our hero to have been this character that, that all this happened to it's it's pretty beautiful and uh and bruce lie he is unbelievable he's fantastic he's beautiful he's he imitates bruce lee really really well when did you first see this well this one uh i actually as a kid i saw this one got played on tv quite a bit when i was younger so I did, that was actually the very first, I did see it in the theater once, but because it was still at this time where these movies were hitting the theaters, but occasionally showing up on TV. Um, But this one did get played a lot. And part of the reason was it was a package of films that Mel Marin, who is a distributor here in the U.S., he actually was involved with a lot of the Godzilla movies and bringing them over. He got a hold of this film and it did so well for him on television that it just that's why it was getting played in fact it, this movie in some territories in China actually did better than some of Bruce Lee's actual films so you know it, uh, I got to see it a lot as a kid and luckily it was right at the uh, the advent of those gigantic TV sized VHS players so I managed to record it and I still have it on videotape from you know, back in the early 80s um, but um, I actually really like this film a lot. I mean, and the, I think for you, you're kind of, you know, I think this, I'm pretty sure this is the first time you ever saw one of these movies that was about Bruce Lee, right? 
Yeah, um, you know, I'd seen a lot of the standard stuff, the dragon story. Like, I, I feel there was a lot of budget here, and you said, so we had watched um, together Deadly Fingers. Right. <laughs> this would be my second exploitation film that I'd ever watched, and what a contrast. Like, I was watching this, and I'm just like, damn michael like this is this is really good like this is like high quality like they're taking you all over the world um the acting is all pretty great the kung fu is fantastic um i knew the story and that and maybe it, i i love it because people back then in 1976 this is four years after he died you know this is like this is real and you know to anyone before the internet like who knows the story there was so much, I mean, it was like Elvis, right? Bruce Lee's still alive. He's going to be back tomorrow. He's just, he's in, you know, Cuba having cigars. Which they kind of infer in this film. <laughs> you must announce that you are dead. Your wife, your children, your friend, and above all, your work, that's gone. You will leave as a recluse for 10 years. Many believe Bruce Lee is still alive, a recluse. Preparing to return in 1983, 10 years from the day of his disappearance. Well, you know, it's it's funny because I think there's a there's a number of reasons why if anybody was to come to me and say, hey, I want to see one Bruce Bloitation film that's actually decent, what would you recommend? I would always throw this one at them first. And I think because it's it's sort of relatable, I think it's not so lost up in just concepts that are kind of beat up and redundant, you know, Granted, you're not going to get even what you were talking about, Dragon, a Bruce Lee story, the, the Rob Cohen film that was done in you know 92 or whatever, 93. You know, even that's going to have just as many embellishments as this film will. That one's really frustrating because there is like half of the world right now believes Bruce Lee broke his back and <laughs> had true. to recover from a broken back. That kills me. Yeah. Well, you know, it's I, it's kind of interesting. It'll be, it'll be. I'll be curious. Well, it's going to deal with it. I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself. That Shannon Lee apparently right now is producing a film that was directed by that's being directed by the guy that did Elizabeth, the the Queen, the story about Elizabeth from I guess it was, I saw this. Okay, yeah. well, yeah, and, but it's this is going to specifically deal with Bruce Lee in Hong Kong before he comes to the U.S. So it won't okay. deal with that injury. But you're. You're right. In in Dragon, a Bruce Lee story, they took this idea that his back got injured in a fight when it was really a weightlifting thing. And and um, but you know, on that note, all of the films do have their crazy embellishments, and obviously, none of them are sticking to the truth. And but what's so great about this film is there's so many things in it as a film, particularly for a Bruce Lee fan to pull out. And we can go through them as we talk about the the, the film, but that that are so true, real, and um, kind of like an homage to Bruce Lee at times. You know what I mean? And per, like you said, particularly before the internet, there were people still trying to grasp at who he was. Uh, the, and there were two or three films that we'll probably see at some point that Bruce Lee had already done on Bruce Lee's life that were just oh my god, they're just you're gonna they're just terrible. Some of them, <laughs> you know. But what's interesting is each film takes Bruce Lee as a person and gives and exhibits through these films and obviously the writer and the director, whatever they're trying to 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 indicate a different um, 
a different persona of Bruce Lee. And where this one in particular, I think, grasps him in the most sort of balanced way. Yeah, I mean, oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, they may not go into, they don't go into all the scandalous stuff that comes up in some of the other films. And uh, I think they were really trying to be respectful of him in this one, you know. This, yeah, this felt like um, like somebody who really loved Bruce Lee and just, yeah, I'm sure he fought all the time. So let's just, let's write it that way, you know. So we start out, we're in Seattle, and it's really great that they have, they had the budget. They're in Seattle. They're showing awesome, you know, scenes of Seattle. And then, of course, he's just walking along and he's at a gas station and it's time to fight some big black kung fu guys. <laughs> Karate guys. Even before you go there, let's. Uh, it's kind of interesting. First off, there's two versions of this that are floating around. There's okay. an American version that's probably the most, you know, likely w- the one you saw. But there is a Japanese edition of this that has a lot of stuff that's in there that's not in the uh, um, American version. And then there's a Chinese version as well. But if you... If you watch the Chinese version, you know, the, and both the American and Chinese version open up on the the, the tombstone. So they we, oh. we open the movie up in the graveyard that Bruce Lee was buried in, in Lakeview Cemetery in, in Seattle, um, and then the, then of course it cuts to this ambulance rushing to the hospital, which. You'll also notice whenever we see the clones of Bruce Lee, the clones of Bruce Lee starts off the same way with the ambulance rushing to the hospital, sort of like that that linear, nonlinear device of let's start at the ending and then we're going to go back and work our way through it. Right. Um, but before they go to Seattle, remember there's that one sequence where he's walking through Hong Kong and he goes up into a Kung Fu school and he's, he's sort of in this room and he starts working out on the Wing Chun dummy and in steps right. his teacher. Now, why I th- this is like one of the first points about this movie. I think why so many martial artists like this movie, uh, you know, uh, of all his of all the Bruce Lee films, is because they use so many of these true to life connections to Bruce Lee. Because the guy playing Bruce Lee's teacher is actually the son of Bruce Lee's real instructor at Man. That's his son Ip Chun, playing his dad. Oh. And so, so that's kind of like the first like you know where you can say these guys are actually doing this to to be respectful or pay homage, you know, homage or, or what have you. But so that was kind of a neat way to start it right before it cuts to, what is it? A sh- isn't it like they cut to a shot in New York and it says Seattle or something? <laughs> right. Something kind of yeah. Funny. It was really weird. You know, it's kind of the cityscape and you're like, wait, what is that? Oh yeah. Okay. It's, and they put it on there, right? Seattle. So <laughs> you're like, okay, but yeah, you might be right. It could have been anywhere. Uh, you know, you're asking us now to look, 30 years ago and say, is that what the cityscape looked like? I agree with you completely. Like this was all done with respect. Like this movie, I could tell anybody that was a part of it. They were like, this whole story is trying to pay respect to it. Right. With, with a, a fight every five minutes, as you said, but that's still that that's what they're there. And actually well, many of and these, who knows? What, what's that? There's, there's no, there's no, written history like they have like this is four years later they've talked to probably his wife and his friends and like what happened well he got in a fight this time like write it down write it down okay yeah right outside a gas station huh and he was black okay we got this (laughs) well that's actually that's donnie williams donnie williams actually was an extra in enter the dragon he's uh at the beginning of the movie when we meet jim kelly he's like starts 
teaching the uh he takes over from another martial artist named steve sanders he takes over from him and teaches the karate studio that jim kelly's at but donnie williams is you know he's a prominent martial artist i've met him a couple of times really nice guy he's the guy in the at the garage that uh bruce gets into the fight with I need more time. Two days. I'll get it for you. No, wait. Let me at him. Why don't you beat a chink? You'll see what I can do if you get closer. Okay, I was wondering. I, I figured he, he he was good. He was like obviously like a well-fit fighter, and yeah, that's that's awesome. So, yeah, so the, the, we have some weird stuff, right? Like, he, he was <laughs> he was hit by a car <laughs> in order to miss the big battle between Kung Fu and Karate, right? That's right. And, and that, but see, here's kind of to our point about the fights earlier. This sequence in about him, Donnie Williams, going to the, the karate school and, and learning, you know, and it's a, sort of this Kung Fu versus karate thing. That The, the guy that plays the karate teacher, the Motoyaki, you know, that's yeah. uh, David Chow. And David Chow was one of the big choreographers who did um, uh, Kung, the Kung Fu series. So he, he was in. No kidding. Yeah, so that's what he worked on. But he's, so here, and this again, this was, most of this was shot, or not most of this, this but parts of the segment, segments were shot in L.A. A couple of friends of mine, uh, Douglas Wong and Curtis Wong. Douglas Wong is a, a martial artist. Curtis Wong ran Inside Kung Fu Magazine. They're, they're in the film. They're actually, I've got a photo that they gave to me of them with Bruce Lai when they were filming the movie. So they, you know, um, that sequence, though, with, that fight is supposed to is and I shouldn't say supposed to represent, but it's taken from that idea of the fight that was portrayed in a dragon, the Bruce Lee story where he gets his back injured. Cause that's the fight uh-huh. with Wong Jock man that took place in Oakland where they said, Hey, you can't teach white people. And they're sort of Bruce Lee, the man, the myth is taking it in, in a, you know, and it's molding it a little differently, but it's, that's where it's, it's being taken from. Okay. And, you know, what I hear about that real fight, it does sort of break. So I know Bruce Lee as the most badass motherfucker of all time that could not be beaten by anybody ever. But, you know, we also know that humans are humans and you're only as good as you're possibly good. And and also, Bruce Lee was a cocky motherfucker. So there is a point where somebody could challenge him. I know the story I'm told is that he didn't like how long it took for them to fight each other that's why he came up uh with his style that you know he wanted he wanted to win more quickly but accordingly he's the only one that's saying that he won like everyone else is just like yeah they fought each other a lot and then they left you know right not the definitive yeah 
Well, no, I think you're right. I mean, I, I'm from everybody I I know that you know knew him and had the experience that they did with him personally with Bruce Lee. They, there is a little bit of both of that. It's it, it sometimes gets pushed on as this big honorable thing about I'm going to protect the the everybody's rights to teach you know the white people martial arts, but it was also probably a matter of like f you. I'm gonna you know you talk and smack about me. Let's get together and let's see who's better. <laughs> you know, yeah. so and and that fight was one of those from from what I've can tell was one of those fights where what you know was and you keep in mind this fight is actually one of the things that made bruce lee what he is this was prior to his absorbing all the boxing and the fencing and the the physical training that he did later where you know he was winded you know he didn't do a lot of running at this point he wasn't weight training at this point this is just sort of his wing chun style his Mm. modified wing chun that he took up against this guy and so it's like you said it went on way too long he was tired he was like oh god this is not the way it should be and and thus the idea of jkd jeet kundo being born was more more or less i mean still dramatizing it a bit but it was born out of this you know fight scene the fight scene in this fight so that was really cool so then we go to san fran right and uh, we get, to, I think, in this movie, it was actually Bruce Lee's real-life best friend. Yep, right? Unicorn. Uh, Sham Chinbo. Yeah, you, well, yeah, he's known as Little Unicorn, but that's, that's the guy that, um, I think, we, I don't know if we talked about this before, but he's the one that did the film that Bruce Lee was choreographing. And then they, when they released the movie, they took some of the footage of Bruce Lee choreographing and stuck it in the film and advertised it with Bruce Lee, and it caused Pissed a big, him off. yeah, it caused yeah. a big riff with those guys. But yeah, he's playing himself here. Okay, yeah, um, I noticed, uh, and I don't know where I pinned this, but um, and you can tell me if this comes way later. But Mars is in this, right? Yeah, he plays the guy Charlie. Remember, that he's the construction worker that's getting beat up by the guy on the street. No kidding. Yeah. Oh my god, because that is one of my favorite scenes. Yeah, that's okay. Mars. So, and is that in San Fran? No, that was supposed to be in Hong Kong. Okay, okay. Yeah, so, so San Fran's a lot of fun. Uh, we eventually, yeah, I love this. We get to go back to the ice factory just five years later, right? Yeah, and what's kind of interesting about the San Fran thing is, um, first off, one of the things I always find interesting with these movies that are about Bruce Lee is how they sort of deal with and represent. Bruce Lee's Jeet Kune Do and they you know it's 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 sort of a lot of the martial artists at the time had a you know sort of polarizing view of it because on the one hand there were all these people that were like really impressed by it. I was like yeah it was Bruce Lee was great and he had this incredible you know martial arts that was just blowing people away but then there were the other people that were like this it was breaking from tradition you know because he was into this whole 60s movement the krishnamurti thing of going hey i want to not give it a name i don't want to you know i want to keep it uh, i don't want to define it i want it to be less traditional there's no no kata exactly it's 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 a thing and so that you know in some cases some of the people making these movies would be like in some ways offended by that idea so they would always treat his development in these movies differently and so um this film, if you watch it, is good. They kind of completely bypass that through a narration. He, he basically goes, I don't remember what the guy says, but something like, and then Bruce Lee went to visit his friend, and in between this time, he invented Jeet Kune Do, and that's it. You know, they kind of just, <laughs> they just kind of throw it out there and, and say it. 
After completing his studies at the university, Bruce left Seattle to join his best friend in San Francisco, where he developed and expanded the unique Kung Fu styles, which are now recognized as classic Bruce Lee techniques. And um, he, uh, but if you, you'll have other films, like we'll, we'll go into later, like Bruce Lee's Deadly Kung Fu, where the film is almost all about him coming up with Jeet Kune Do and why it works and, and that kind oh. of thing. But, you know, this, yeah, this, this film, um, I, I just kind of find, find that interesting how they sort of just toss it aside, you know, not toss it aside, but they, they did just sort of go, well, he, ma- he made Jeet Kune Do and let's keep going. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, so we get to go back to the Ice Factory which was neat. Um, I know you went back there. Yeah, yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, well, not that long ago, four years ago. But yeah, that's, they do take you back, which is great. You know, they go back. In fact, um, the actor that plays the the uh, Ice Factory boss, I think it's the same actor from The Big Boss. No kidding. Yeah, the, the foreman. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I watched uh, Bruce Lee kind of, it's not a, biography but it's sort of like uh it's really just a guy who's going back to old sets and stuff where bruce lee was and and it it probably happened about three or four years ago it's a documentary and the guy is just trying to find places so they go back to um that place and they they find the ice factory and they go to the the hotel that he stayed in and it's interviewing a lot of people who, oh, yes, of course, I remember, like it was yesterday, Bruce Lee stayed in this room, and he used oh, to wow. fight out here on the balcony. And it's, it, was, it was quite odd. Uh, but, but it's really interesting to see how much the set has changed over time. So it was cool to see the Ice Factory just four years after, four or five years after uh, Big Boss. I, I was going to say that what's interesting about this film, again, is that there's another example, how they pull in you know, actors from... Uh, it, the, in fact, the 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 foreman's na- the guy's name was Chan Chu. I don't uh, Chan. I think that's how you pronounce Chan Chu. He was he's the guy that plays the foreman in the Big Boss. He's now playing a, a crew member on the set of the Big Boss. He also directed one of the rarest Bruce exploitation films out there, the Big Boss Part Two. So it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of neat that they incorporated him into this and that whole the whole thing with the Tie Fighters again was an embellishment of something that really took place which was bruce lee you know having a apparently a a, a fight or a you know interaction with one of the tie fighters on the set you know in thailand oh and that was hilarious i mean what a great embellishment and they they had to go to some like it wasn't a ravine or it was just some rocky place and yeah then of course, oh okay, he did beat everybody. You are the best. We're sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Tie fighting sucks. We'll yeah, go home. I know, that's right. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And then of course, I don't know if I'm messing up our timeline too much here, but we get to go back to the Coliseum. <laughs> that's right. Which is yeah. again like how impressive this movie is that they they did travel that much to 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 shoot all of this. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and then now we've got the the true Italian mafia and they're pissed at him for making him look stupid. But, you know, there's a point where he's fighting them all and he's kicking everyone's ass and it's like he's proved what he needed to prove. Yet one of the guys is still going to go ahead and shoot him. And they're like, no, put down the gun. Yeah. We acknowledge Bruce Lee's the best. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was very, like you said, it's, it's sort of a, it's almost like a propaganda piece, like a very patriotic as far as Bruce Lee 
using you know being the the um sort of representative of chinese kung fu and conquering thailand conquering italy conquering america you know i mean the guy just traveled around and just conquered the world with chinese kung fu okay so let's talk about the mars scene because i love that scene okay so i don't know when that was i guess you said it was maybe when we were doing the um we were back to the ice factory or i don't know but there's a bunch of guys jogging there's this big 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 dude that's not quite in good shape and he's leading a bunch of younger guys that are all jogging and bruce lee walks up and and there are all these chinese guys and they're like well shit we're all pissed because these guys keep coming and they take all of our like construction like don't cross here barriers and they throw them out of the way and they just run past and it looks like well bruce is going to have another fight right so i'm like okay Bruce is going to have to kick their asses. But instead, it must be Mars. He stands up to him, right? He's like, no, I won't move it. And then, of course, he kind of gets his ass kicked. And then Bruce Lee has to fight the weirdest guy he's ever fought. I mean... Two, three, team halt! All right, fellas, move that barricade out of the way. Come on. All right. All right, fellas, come on. Go around. Move that thing. No, you don't. Huh? Push it or move it back, and Charlie's gonna stop you. Get out of that. Hey, you're in China. We'll see. Get him. Charge! guy actually was again another extra from he was one of the italian mafia guys in way of the dragon so bruce lee had really fought him in (laughs) way of the dragon so now here he is taking on bruce lie years later oh that's fantastic yeah so it was really good you know he, he he's he's a gigantic dude compared to all these these asian guys you know he's got a good three feet on him and he's throwing everyone around but yeah he gets his ass kicked. I, I thought that was just, it was really good. It's a very flavorful seed, and, and I, I laughed. I, I thought it, I, I really wanted him to fail, and he did. Yeah, it was good. Well, and, and, you know, again, that it's another moment in the film, which is, like you said, it's kind of a bunch of vignettes of various moments in Bruce Lee's life as he uses his kung fu to sort of settle scores, to compete against, you know, opposing, uh, you know, foreign combat systems to in this case you know to sort of stand up for the rights of the oppressed chinese people by the invading westerners in this case or europeans you know and that so that went on throughout this film but done in a way where it's not like you know nobody dies in this movie it's it's everybody's just you know they're getting their butts kicked and and that's about it and then there's sort of this sort of levity to it as the guys run off he's like all right mate, let's go and they all kind of run off down the street you know and it's, oh right he was australian wasn't he yeah that's right <laughs> he was playing the australian but it's yeah. it's um you know it's uh you know that's i think another thing about this that makes it accessible it's not this sort of over the top you know i mean of course there's the that little fantasy thing at the end we'll get into at the tag where, you know, we see Bruce Lee getting stabbed by knife-wielding uh, assassins. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyone who's listening, exactly. This movie is fun-loving. Like, the whole thing is put... The face on it is 
this is our hero and these are the things that he had to brave and this is how awesome he was getting through it like this there's nothing dark about this no matter how much he has to fight it's really just like i don't know it's like a demo flick like a a demo reel about how awesome someone is but it's our movie yeah but then we get a little weird right so we're moving on to the end and Bruce, he needs to keep getting better and better and better. So he starts experimenting with electricity and smoky liquids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and again, the electricity thing comes from the TENS unit. Bruce Lee messed around with it back. You know, if you today you can buy these things for 100 bucks, But, you know, it's just where it would pump electricity through and force your muscles to contract repeatedly. You oh, know, the, sure. The, you know, so obviously he did have a chance to mess around with, with that a little bit. I don't think he probably got into it too much. But he was always looking for ways to basically wake up in the morning and just be training all day, you know. And that was something that, again, like you said, you know, at that point, two, three, four years later after he passed away was probably this – you know, this little legend about him that was just turned into this for the movie. Yeah, the movie definitely blamed his death on the electricity experimentation. And like I said, smoky liquids, I don't know. And he was like punching into big mainframe computers and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. We'd, We'd really just gone over the edge. Like at this point... They're just like, well, what did kill him? Well, no man could, obviously, because we've had like 18 different kinds of men fight him through this film. So what was it? It was technology killed him. Well, and interestingly enough, and we'll get to it, there's another earlier Bruce Lai film where he's being Bruce Lee again, and it's it's his his life story again. This is going to be kind of interesting for you because there's like three or four of them, and you'll get to start watching all the different thing, the dif- the differentiating opinions that existed on Bruce Lee. And in one of them, they take that idea and and go further with it, where that actual machine that he's using, which in this particular film is an American-made one, basically obsesses him and almost kills him. It, you know, it becomes like like you said, what's going on here with these machines? He's kind of getting into it, but it's sort of being done in a way where it's just slightly dramatic and like you know he's like driven and and but this other film it's it's like what drives him to death you know so yeah i'd love it i'd love to see it and actually on that on that kind of in that area in this movie i think another thing that's interesting about this film which gets played differently in other films and we should talk about it for a minute is his family relationship because there there really isn't uh, they they take a woman. They actually get a woman that looks just like his wife did at the time. I mean, she was a kid. I always thought it was his wife playing his wife. Um, but if you watch his relationship in this, because we see his wife and we see his two kids, we never see him get married. There's not any of this. There's no love story in this whatsoever. And his only like kind of conversation with his family is that one scene really when they're in the room on the opposite sides of the room. He's like going, night kids, I'm going to go work out. Bye daddy, bye daddy. And they just kind of wave at him from across the room. And I, as I always remember this as a kid, as a teenager, one of my friends is kid luke came up to me said hey i saw bruce lee the man the myth on tv the other night what was with that goofy scene when he's waving goodnight to his kids you know so (laughs) even as a teenager you know it stood out and that to me is always an interesting um facet with some of these films in these bruce bruce lee biographies to watch how they portrayed his relationship because it was it was complicated you know you had him in a relationship with a white woman 
you know so he had these kids that were half chinese half white and you know and then of course is some of the films which this one doesn't go into is the mistress idea you know so all right um you know again this film did not go into this i mean i I don't know did you pick up on any of that when you were watching it like mistress stuff no not the mistress stuff just the relationship and his family life you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so, and I had read, like, while I was watching it, you know, I'm always doing research, even while I'm enjoying it. But um, the, the, this woman that they got, um, she was like an army wife stationed in Hong Kong, and the director just couldn't find any white women. And he was at the grocery, and he saw this woman that looked just like Linda Lee. And he was like, hey, you you want a quick job? And she was just like, sure, whatever. So it's her <laughs> kids. Yeah, like, it's... It's her, just just a woman stationed with her husband in in Hong Kong, and her kids that get to be in the movie. But yeah, it's it's, it's very strange. Like they just needed that, right? Because it's it's one of those things that makes him different from anyone. That he he did cross over in multiple ways. First off, training people that weren't Chinese, and of course marrying a, a Westerner and having half Westerner kids. So of course it's like like that's going to be a really big deal. It was a big deal to them, it seemed to me, in, like, making it. Authentic. <laughs> right. <laughs> they were very much obsessed with this idea of him marrying Western, a Western woman and, of course, embracing Westernism. So being on television here and, of course, training white people. Yeah, and, I, and again, I think with this film, uh, it's kind of interesting because they went to that effort to make her really look like his wife but you know but then again their relationship is so distant like you know she's like oh here honey i'm making you a protein shake for your run and and it's very (laughs) it's just so kind of it's subservient distant you know where there's a couple other films where they'll go a little more into the relationship but it's one in particular which the whole film kind of is more of a soap opera it's very interesting in fact the fight scenes in in this we'll watch it one of these days this other bruce live film where he basically the fight scenes look like they were only supplanted in later because he looks so different in them. It's like they did a film about his life without any fight scenes, so they came back and added them in later. But here, again, I was just wanted to point out that there's all this this attention to detail, but one of the things that they just really just kind of tap danced around was that relationship. Oh, totally. Yeah, because I've read independently, like, you know, he was obsessed with Linda. Like, this was she was his jam yeah yeah it's kind of like uh yeah no no he's more obsessed with punching a a mainframe computer and you know (laughs) electrocuting his hands yeah (laughs) okay so here we go and the and the interesting one of the things that happens in some of the chinese prints of this film which you probably didn't see watching the dub version is to show the passage of time you'll they actually cut in images uh from bruce lee's movies and like to show that he's this is the time where he did Fist of Fury and there's a couple shots of Fist of Fury and this is the time he did you know the big boss so, but of course the, because of uh, legal reasons and the American prince they they cut all those out that's actually brilliant yeah that would have been like pretty I mean I knew it well enough but for the time god like that would have been like okay now we're doing this anyway I would have believed this wholeheartedly at the time I would have been like yeah, yeah. I mean god I <laughs> I learned about him, you know, probably, I learned about Bruce, I was five years, six years old, so, you know, 77 or so, and, uh, yeah, I thought he was God. 
Well, you know, on this, because I know I'll forget otherwise, it's on this relationship thing again without beating it to death. It's really kind of interesting because the, and uh, the, when you watch the film, like remember the scene in the Italian scene when he's there and, and he's talking yeah. to the daughter, that real cute little Italian woman he's talking to, and he goes, oh, yeah. Well, I'm married. <laughs> you know, right. He like tells her he's totally coming on to it. Yeah, totally coming on to it. He's like, I'm married, you know. Um, and so they represent that. And also in the dubs, in the American dubs, when he's at the end, towards the end of the film, when he's in Betty Ting Pei's apartment, which is where he died in real life they have a moment in there where he's talking to her and he's sitting on the bed and he's like having right. this conversation. And then if you watch the American print, he's like raising his hand. I, now this is, this part's, you know, me speculating, but he's raising his hand like he's talking about, cause he was talking with her about doing game of death and he's right. bringing his hand up. Like he's looking at Kareem Abdul Jabbar and he's looking up at the air and he's, but the, the, what comes out of his voice is when's your husband coming home? You know? And so there was this. There's something really interesting. I think what they were trying to do with this film, with the American version, which is not to do anything that other than say Bruce Lee was a, a good husband and he wasn't involved with Betty Ting Pei. He was just hanging right. out in an apartment. But, but I, I just find that interesting about this. Uh, uh, this. this and you movie. know, it's so funny. I'm just so naive. I thought, like, I thought the other way. I thought they don't want to make it seem like he wasn't like they didn't they don't want to seem like he's a he's a scumbag so they're making sure we know he was just there talking about the movie but obviously <laughs> the whole story i mean come on well yeah, yeah there's definitely more to it for sure but i'm just saying that that i mean and some of the films go into that some of the films literally go right into that whole relationship but this one has an interesting way particularly in the american version i don't know if they just didn't want to you know raise the hairs of anybody to get any trouble because i think the chinese version probably had a little bit more to it like i said than than the american but they just they just clean them right up for this one so it's just always kind of interesting they sure did oh this whole movie he's as clean as can be oh yeah i mean yeah uh i and it worked for me 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent. i i liked it yeah but that's why they do that but yeah i don't I, I don't know. We we all have to hear the worst parts about all of our heroes and you know what? If I can if I can have a reprieve from that, I'll be all right. Yeah. Well it's like the Italian mafia guy said, Bruce, you're a Chinese hero and a conqueror of the Western world. It's like, oh boy, could it be any more hit over the head than that? <laughs> oh, totally. All right. Well, I let me just loop is there a particular scene in this that you'd like to bring up, a fave scene or just something that's just flaring beyond what we've talked about yeah i you know i i really like this i go back to this film i've seen it more than any anything else only i think for the reasons we talked about i think it has so many so many different elements that i i think um really strike home and for people that know bruce lee they go yeah i i you know i mean i get the embellishment but they were really making this you know this connection i some of my favorite stuff in the film is just his training things that he did when he was in America and his teaching of the American students, you know, like, cause there's a sequence in there where he throws the watch and he jumps up and catches it. And this is something that Bruce Lee used to do in real life, you know? So they obviously knew that, that, um, that aspect of it. Um, but I, 
I think uh, I, I actually I think my just I love the way they represent Enter the Dragon at, in this film at the end. You know, they have all the guys and it looks like just the the full on Enter the Dragon set, and he gets into the fight on the set of the film. You know, and which you know hap- did happen in real life. Again, they're just blowing it up here, but I don't know this one's a hard one to pick the exact favorite, but I I kind of just like the whole movie. In fact, it's probably my favorite Bruce Lee movie for sure. How about you? Something stand out for you? No, I agree with you completely. Like this, like there isn't a scene that was just like, I didn't get bored in this. This like, it was just a lot of fun. Feel good filmmaking. Like the whole thing just flowed for me. Um, Maybe Seattle was whatever, but I really liked, um, I, I told you, I liked the fight between the Australian joggers and him. That just really killed me. I really liked the ice factory and the fight with the Thai guys. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan, like, of across all cinema of, like, you know a guy is badass and people challenge him and then he has to prove it. And it's like, it's, it's, a, it's a win-win thing always because, like, your hero gets challenged and he gets to show his ass and it, it feels great. So the tie fight was just awesome for that too. And then the Italian stuff, I mean, you said it. This movie, it's more of a continuation of awesome scenes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Bruce Lai impressed the shit out of me i just i love him i can't wait to see more bruce Lee movies yeah and he he's an interesting character because you know i mean he actually felt he this wasn't one of his favorite films in fact he felt like it you know he's he's said a few times that he felt like this you know this one could have been better but he uh i think he stands out for a lot of people because he really was on the one hand striving to be his own self and just pay respect to Bruce Lee because when I met him and I actually got some of this on on film he was talking to me about Bruce Lee and like talking about his martial art and I've I've known you know about Bruce Lee's martial art since I was a kid and there's a lot of people come up go yeah you know they talk about Bruce Lee this or Bruce and you you kind of just know they're just kind of guessing but he really understood what Bruce Lee's martial art was about he starts talking about the body mechanics of his kicking and his punching and i so when i was listening to him i was i go god this is great because all these years when i watched him as a kid and grew up you know on his bruce lee the man the myth and you know all these different films that he did you know it was great to listen to him and go he really was trying to to do it you know i mean he was paying attention to it he wasn't just going i'm gonna thumb my nose and then do some snake style and think i'm and flex my muscles and and come across as bruce lee he was really trying to emulate the style of bruce lee so i think that you probably picked up on that as a a quote-unquote novice viewer and saw the subtleties of it rather than just you know the straight-up imitation oh you got it you know bruce lee is desperate to be bruce lee like you could tell he he was he had no prospects and he was picked to be in something and i'm not saying he isn't great in what he does but bruce lee he he's again he's a really attractive person he's fit you could tell he's a good martial artist and i've read uh in advance that uh he did he never wanted to exploit bruce lee like he he did this out of like i'm i'm being an actor and i'm doing something cool but he was very offended by the concept of making bruce exploitation films right
Yeah, and you'll see in one of his last films uh, called The Chinese Stuntman, and he did another film a little earlier called Dynamo that kind of deals with the same idea. He sort of punctuated his whole career by doing these two films, the last one, The Chinese Stuntman, he directed, about a guy who was um, an actor slash stuntman slash fighter that gets abused by the the filming, you know, the, the film studios and rejects it in the end and walks off into the sunset and that's really what he kind of did in real life you know because he, he was even telling me that while he was shooting these films there were times where he literally had a knife put to his throat and told they said you got to do this movie you know so i i think yeah he really detested the film business in many ways you know and um but he loves kung fu because to this day he still teaches martial arts to several people in taiwan you know so i mean he's he's the guy you know what i mean mother motherfucking hero yeah he's the guy baby (laughs) i love him that's awesome all right well thank you michael oh you're very welcome i'm glad that we did this this film this is a this is one of my favorites well thank you listeners for tuning into another episode of the clones cast let me send you out to the wise words about water from mr bruce lee until next time Water is the softest substance in the world, but yet it can penetrate the hardest rock or anything, granite, you name it. Uh, Water also is insubstantial. By that I mean you cannot grasp hold of it. You cannot punch it and hurt it. So every Kung Fu man is trying to do that, to be soft like water and flexible and adapt itself to the opponent.